and we're live here on Facebook. We'd like to welcome those listening in podcast land and also those on YouTube. Rich, say hello to everybody. Yeah. Uh, Rich, how about you start off with your favorite headlines of this week? I guess first, I guess before we do that, we always do the traditional. How you doing, Rich? Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, wow, that, that would be weird. I, I don't think I've missed a day in the office, uh, but maybe one or two since the whole thing happened. But, yeah. Uh, it's been a kind of crazy week. Um, you know, Bethany got married last weekend. That's why dad was here. And, oh man, that, just that weekend took it out of us. I think we're still not recovered. We might go to Sioux Falls after I get done with the show. We might not. I'm not sure yet. Um, we might stay home and then go next weekend because we're going to relax all weekend this weekend. So, Ooh, Speaking of big weekend stuff, uh, we'll get to it in a minute. Rich, go ahead and do the headlines. Do we have to... There you go, folks. Title headline, now you know. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we got our normal uh, weekly pickums for NAS or for the NFL, and uh, we got some quick hits we'll hit you with. Plus, we'll sprinkle on some other stuff in there when we talk about the NFL. All that and more. But first, Rich, give us the give us the shout. Casting live from somewhere in Iowa, this is Bald and Dick the Podcast with your hosts, Mike and Rich. Okay, and we're back. Okay, folks, so here's the deal. Um, This week's poll question is going to be brought to you by the JCs of the Quad Cities uh, Barbecue Fest. Uh, happening today, Saturday, October 2nd, 2021. Get down to LeClaire Park, get yourself some barbecue. We'll explain why in a minute. Rich, how'd last week's poll go? And what is this week's poll? Uh, I'm pretty sure I went bratwurst, but I'm not 100%. Oh, okay. I actually changed my, I just changed my vote. Good barbecue, good chicken. 
And I'm not talking barbecue chicken. I'm talking grilled chicken. You get the right seasoning. You get a little barbecue sauce on that. Man, it's good. One vote for chicken is for me. Uh, it's actually up to nine. Yep, it's... Okay. Nine for bratwursts, three for hot dogs, and my sole vote for chicken. So, uh, my big thing is chicken takes on flavor fairly well. Uh, it has some flavor, but it is enhanced a lot more with seasoning and spices than most anything else. So, I'm going to go with the... That's why I like chicken. So, uh, I can understand your argument against it. So, there's that. Yeah, that's a that's a big problem. Yeah. Okay, um, that is a huge question there. Um, keep talking, Rich. Uh, your audio apparently is not coming through real well, so I'm trying to get... I mean, I was a, a member of the JCs for uh, 10 years, almost. Uh, I don't think so, but, man, I'm, nothing I'm doing is doing anything right. Okay. Um, I don't think I am, but... Okay, Rich, say hi. Hey! member for a bunch of years and uh, our friend Jennifer Kincaid or Jennifer Kaisley Kincaid K Jennifer Kincaid sorry wow uh, I was focusing on other things um, she is been a member and and just aged out this year uh, and then I just have good friends in it it's a great organization um, folks if you don't know uh, when you do stuff and support the JCs. Uh, you are giving children who are less fortunate in the Quad City area uh, the chance to have Christmas because they do. They basically their big their big thing that they give back to the community is called JCs Santa, where they go out and they bring uh, they buy Christmas presents for all the kids, uh, and it's it's just a great thing. Yeah, so for more information on that, if you're watching us here on Facebook Live, feel free to search QC, bar Barbecue Fest QC uh, for more information like times and hopefully an admission fees uh, or just go down to LeClaire Park in Davenport uh, right up. along the river, right along the river yep. today and uh, get yourself some good barbecue and support a good cause. trying to bring it up sorry uh, we should be we should be good now I 99% okay sure. all right so Mike we still got to talk some baseball there's some other news to talk about in baseball besides just the Chicago Cubs yeah uh, so the Cubs met their we got the we got the number of wins correct as the Cubs did go two and three from show to show Um. Two and three this week from show to show. Uh, their overall record is bad. I'm not going to look it up because it, it's bad. Not um, worth looking up, folks. Yeah, 
next week. So they're going to close out the regular season facing the Cardinals down in St. Louis. Do they win a game to close out the season? No. Not even with the Cardinals resting their stars to get ready for that one-game wildcard game. Nope. Uh, I, you know, I, um, I'm sorry. The th- the event is called Barbecue-C. Barbecue-C. Check it out. Um, no, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna win it. The, any games with the Cubs, uh, they are not a great team. Um, even when the Cubs are playing their or the Cardinals are playing their lesser guys, um, the Cardinals are a better team than the Cubs. Yeah, I mean you gotta admit, I mean seven. Did they get the seven a seventeen game winning streak to get themselves back into they get to secure the second wild card? Yeah, I That's mean, really quite impressive because being think back to July, everybody was kind of scratching their heads on why they added at the trade deadline when they were even behind the Cubs at yeah. the time who chose to yeah. sell everything off, tear it down, and look at them now. I totally agree. Uh, I think that the Cubs are the hottest team, or the Cardinals are the hottest team in baseball. Um, we are going to do, we're going to try to do a preview show. If nothing more, I'll give Rich my picks if I can't make it. Uh, either Saturday or Monday, or Sunday or Monday after the games are done, uh, we'll get together and uh, give our picks for the playoffs and what we think is going to happen. Um, I, I, ooh, that's yeah. that's a scary team to look, to go against at all the rest of the year. It is. I mean, if you're a hundred and win team like the Giants or the Dodgers. They have to face them in that one-game playoff. Yes, St. Louis is having the travel cross halfway across the country to go out to California, um, but it even more it kind of even complicates it a little bit more for those two teams if they have to play a tiebreaker game on Monday before having to play the Cardinals on Tuesday for the wild card. Yeah, I it's really a dis really a disadvantage. Yep. For those two teams with as great as they've been doing this year um but as mike said we're going to try and do a playoff preview show where we give you our predictions uh hopefully on either sunday or monday before the wild card games just because there there is so much still to be decided with two regular season games decided we still don't know who the two american league wild card teams do now yep. are, are going to be because the yankees are only one game up for wild card number one and the the blue jays and the mariners of all teams the mariners are only a game back for getting into wild card one or even wild card two yeah and the yankees could be fighting for it because the yankees or boston could both be knocked out depending on what happens in their series because they're playing each other yep and then of course the national league the national league west is undecided and the wild card is still undecided because the giants and the dodgers are so close to each other in the standings i mean st louis knows they're going to california they just don't know if they're going to southern california or northern california pretty much so okay pretty much uh beyond that though folks we have tons more to talk about in baseball um tampa bay rays uh announced this week that they're going to split some of their home games with montreal they could. They could. Um, was it the 2022 or the 2023 season? That's the one I don't remember. I think that they do. They think that they actually have a lease. Let me open up the story. Because originally when I posted the story here in our outline, they were actually going to be putting a sign in in left field talking about them doing this, potentially doing this. Well, I mean, do you blame to, them? To gain more revenue. They have been... One of the teams, I mean, they're one of the best teams that we've seen in the major leagues over the last five years, right? Yeah. And their attendance is maybe, maybe. It's the worst. In, I mean, they're in For, the bottom quarter. Yeah, amongst the playoff teams, they're, they have the worst attendance. Yeah, I've, read, I've read articles on how, yes, they call Tampa Bay they're they're called the Tampa Bay Rays, but they play in St. Petersburg. 
Yep. And the stadium is just in a bad location for where they are, and it doesn't help that it's a dome. So you can't take advantage of the nice Florida weather in the summer months when people want to be outside. Yeah, but it's also in the summer months out there, it's going to be 100 billion degrees. I would want the dome. I don't want 90-plus degree weather with a heat index of 100 and burn your face off. That's why I live okay. in the North Rich. Okay. Um so the, the so the lease at the at the at the trop goes through 2027. Okay. So this may not be for several several years, but the fact that they were going to advertise that they this could be a possibility during the playoffs is what kind of what made it a story. Yeah. As there's still kind of some hurdles to clear as the original the plan i think their plan calls for them building two brand new ballparks one in tampa one in montreal and basically montreal gets the summer months and tampa bay gets the earlier months when it's much warmer to play outdoors in florida as opposed to montreal so i don't know what would happen so in this theory i don't know what would happen if the playoff if the rays if the rays or the des rayons made the playoffs how which if how i don't know how they would determine where the playoff games are held or or what well and and in the article there's a quote that says my priority remains the same i'm committed to keeping baseball in tampa bay for generations to come i believe this concept is worthy of serious exploration that's from the rays principal owner sue sternberg uh yeah I mean, you, if you're not making money with stadium sales, look elsewhere because Montreal will support it. Oh, yeah. I think Montreal totally will support it. But will it backfire on the Tampa front if you're still wanting to keep a footprint in Tampa? Will the, will the fans show up for a team that they know they're only going to get to see in April, in potentially April, May, and maybe in September? I'm not. I'm I don't. Not think, sure. I, I don't like the. I, I don't like the the concept of splitting, of splitting the team between two cities. Yeah, I think but, the, the split concept yeah. is probably the worst one out there. Uh, they should be looking towards doing what they do, and stay. In uh, the Rays need to do something though. Oh yeah, they need to. They need to br- drum up business, and it, it's crazy. They have. They. They do. I mean. From my understanding, they regularly do like giveaways and stuff like that, and have promotional days and blah blah blah, and they have terrible attendance. The Cubs, your your uh, promotion is that you're at Wrigley Field. Yeah, well, they, they feel, still do the traditional feel, promotions, but that's but they don't do the promotions. They to get people do to that. the ballpark. You may get a hat. They do you'll promotions. Get a, you'll get a magnetic. Uh, opening week, you'll get a magnetic uh, uh, schedule. Um, you may get a hat. One like Veterans Day, all veterans will get a hat. Like it's dumb stuff that they do bobbleheads just like any any other team does. But the Cubs are doing them not to get people in the stands. I think they're doing it because you, you got to give away things. They really you, you got to give them. away teams. They, how often do they do it? Once a month? I would say maybe a couple times. At least they have a giveaway at least once for one game each homestand, I would, I would, if I had the guesstimate. I, I doubt it, but okay. We got teams out here. That or a couple times a month. Or a couple times I, a month. Maybe a couple times a month. I can go with a couple times a month. But you got places like Tampa Bay that they try to give stuff away every game almost, and nobody want, nobody will take it. Even though they're the best team, in, one of the best teams in baseball. Yeah, or they're doing promotions like you see minor league teams doing of discount drink nights or beer nights. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you saw a nights. dollar beer night in Wrigleyville? Never. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I don't blame the Rays for for trying to leave. Um, it's it is strange to see a team at the top of the league talking about leaving yeah we're discussing these types of like a radical 
idea to increase their their revenue streams. Yep. All right. Uh, so talking about revenue streams, we'll save Joe West for last. Yep. Frank Thomas and some investors bought the Field of Dreams movie site, and I believe the sale also includes the property that that temporary Major League Baseball stadium is on. Yeah, I don't know about this one. You don't know. Um, it was. It's always been nice having fairly local people uh, own it. Now I understand they were financially struggling. Like this year's game, like they there were times where they weren't sure if they were going to make it through COVID and all of that stuff to this year's game. This year's game gave them a shot in the arm that they needed, but apparently not enough as Frank Thomas and, and his investors uh, were able to buy it. Doesn't surprise me that somebody came in and did that, seeing the massive amount of revenue stream that you could get for that. Um, I guess it looks like it was Stillman, Canada Group, they, that bought the field in the 89 and was leasing it adjacent to the Lansing family farm in 11. So, and then the guy that originally owned it had passed away. Yeah. Either way. Um, you want to have local ownership. I think, yeah, I'm nervous about all of that. I mean, does this mean they're going to get a, a, a pseudo permanent stadium? I don't think so. I think it'll still be that, that stadium maybe with, a baseball hall of famer and having financial interests in the game could, could maybe push that there is going to be a major league baseball game there every year. Yeah. As opposed to, all right, let, let's, let's see how year two does. And then if, uh, if they're, if they're still selling tickets and the, and the television revenue is still good, we'll do a third year and a fourth year and a fifth year. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I would just mean, I haven't been up to the field of dreams since I was um, probably a little kid. So I my the main game concern that I is, went to is this it, year was the first game I've ever been to, or the first time yeah, I've ever I, been to the Field of Dreams. I I wonder if the movie site will become more commercialized. Uh, it looked like it was fairly commercialized. I don't know what it was like before, but they had like barns out there that looked like permanent structures that were being sold used as like souvenir shops and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, okay. I, I yeah nobody lives in the house anymore it's a it's a movie prop now oh yeah so all right, i don't Mike. know i all right but the best news to come out this week joe west gonna retire this year we think so all signs yeah. indicate that he's going to retire and like i said when i posted it all god's children said amen like yeah when I originally saw the story, I thought, all right, I'll believe it when I see it. I And I can understand that. But the more I read, this does seem like a legitimate, I'm done after this year. I, I've had oh, enough. I, I've had enough, and it's it's time for me to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is awesome. I can't, oh, man, I cannot, I can't speak how good this is for baseball. Um let me get to I shared it on my page and when I did we got quite a few comments on it so I will uh, read those comments for you um, so first uh, Alex Ortega posted on there uh, a praise the Lord as Bart Simpson dances around at the dinner table I said if you go to my balls and six page I commented and all God children's rejoice to which he liked it and said now now we need, uh, I'm going to make it so that it reads better, but now we need Angel Hernandez out too. If the if you are as much of a fan, or if, if the fans know your name, an umpire's name, it's probably not a good thing. I, I can agree with that with some caveat. In baseball, I would say that's, a, that's an accurate statement. Um, I will, uh, I mean... In the NFL, now that we have the explanations, um, I think there are household names in the NFL because of 
them ha- Ed Hockley having to come mm. up and give a explanation and all that stuff. So I would disagree somewhat, but also agree somewhat all at the same time. Um, and, but most of the time with, with the baseball umpires, they're, you're <clears throat> knowing their name because oh, they're, of the bad parts. Oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. the bad parts. Not 100%. that, man, he called a great game today or didn't stretch the strike zone. He made yep. some, he made the, it's about how they are negatively well, impacting the game with affecting their strikes, implementing their their version of the strike zone. Well, Rich, when you and I were going to games fairly regularly and mm-hmm. we didn't have wives and we didn't have real lives other than baseball and when the concept of this show started, uh, we knew a lot of the umpires. Why? Because I watched half, if not three-quarters of the games because you could watch it on over-the-air TV and you didn't have to have marquee network. Mm-hmm. And the other half of the game, and and I would just regularly just sit down to watch a baseball game. Didn't matter if it was the Cubs. It didn't matter. I watched every Saturday baseball game as long as I wasn't in Chicago. I knew who they were. Why? Because I was a stupid, ridiculous, obsessed baseball fan. It's okay for those guys to know the names. Why? Because you always announce it. They always they have their numbers. They you write them down in your scorebook. Right. Yeah. But outside of people like that, like us back then, I, I would say even now we've calmed down a little bit. I don't watch nearly as much baseball as I used to. Part of it's because the Cubs are on the marquee network. Part of it's because I have a wife and a baby that I have to take care of and make sure they're okay. So because of that, you know, I don't know their names as well. But I would say in general, in baseball, knowing an umpire's name is probably the worst offense you can make as an umpire. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember, I don't, I think I remember here reading a story earlier this year about, about Joe West to yep. where it was the, a, a kid made his major league debut, Steckman to the plate and Joe West called timeout. Batter had the step out of the base, had the had the step out of the batter's box, and Joe West told him, "Hey kid, when it's your first plate appearance, you stop and say hello to me." And then he resumed the game. Has that story been verified? I don't know. <laughs> Where did you read it at? I think it was an ESPN article. I okay. think they're talking about. I'll take that as verified. If they're willing to publish that. I'm, I'll would you? Would that surprise you oh. of of, of an umpire him like him wanting to? Nope. Hey, you you need to say hello to me before you step into your plate first plate appearance. Nope. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge that I'm here. <laughs> nope. That that surprises me none at all. None at all. Why? Because Joe West is that kind of guy. He thinks the game is about him and not the players. I. Oh. Now, we did have a positive reaction. When I say positive, I mean uh, in support of Joe West. Regardless, okay. uh, Brandon Close, who you can check out at the Chipper Dog Barbecue at the Q, at the Barbecue C Fest in LeClaire Park uh, today from 11 to 10 p.m., I believe, maybe 11 p.m., live music, barbecue, all the good stuff. Anyway, if you uh, go down and check him out, he said, regardless of what you think about his decision-making, he did revolutionize behind-the-plate chest protection and the behind-the-plate game in general. I mean, that's what happens when you're in the, in a, in the league for 40 years. But when he was in the, when he started, all they had was that, those flimsy like arm guards that you would wear to protect yourself. Now they have those really fancy, like, you suit up in it, like a suit of armor that sits under your your shirt, whether it's a polo or whether it's your suit jacket. Like, it's it's legit. Yeah, before, wasn't it just like the, like a blow-up? Yeah. Air, air thing that they had to hold up? Yep. It, it, when he came in, it was, it was very, I mean, he was, you took your, you took risks coming into, coming in to be an umpire. Now, not as much. 
Unless you, you're Joe West and somebody decides to throw the ball directly at you. Which has happened. Hmm. Joe West has been both the best and the worst umpire, according to, to both fan and player polls, in his tenure uh, in the league. And let's be honest with ourselves. There were times in the late 80s, early 90s, where his presence was a good thing. He wasn't as quote unquote famous at the time, but you know what? He he, you knew that he was calling a good game. Nowadays, I don't know. His strike zone has changed a bit. His ability to hold a constant strike zone has changed, and he thinks the focus is as much about him as it is about the the game that's being played. I don't know. Any final thoughts before we leave the Joe West and say good riddance to bad rubbish? Nope. Okay. Let's... We're good, Mike. Do you see what's coming up next? Uh, is it a left turn? It is a left turn. And after that, Rich, what is it? It's probably going to be another left turn. Why? Because we're going to be going fast this week, Mike. Because we're heading into the NASCAR Corner, presented by Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated, Moline, Illinois. Check them out for all your sports memorabilia needs in person or online at their eBay store. Once again, Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated. Okay, uh, this week we are heading to Talladega because I want to go fast. Rich, all right. let's give our fantasy shout-outs. Uh, last week at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, I won. Tony you took did, second. Mike. Solomon took third. Rich, you rounded out the bottom. But in our overall standings, that doesn't hurt you all that much because you are still 310 points ahead of Solomon, who is 200, uh, almost 200 points above Tony, and he's yeah. 400 points above me. So I'm pretty sure we're fairly locked in uh, for the season. But in the playoffs... Solomon is first, I'm second, Rich, you're third, and Tony is last. Uh, and that's actually a really good race. That's a really close race there. Um, it is. The playoff side, yeah. 20, 22 playoff points sides. difference between Solomon and I in the playoffs, and you are 28 points behind me or so, 30 points behind me. So things still could shift around. Yeah, yeah. All right, so – Recapping the South Point Casino 400 at Vegas. Your race winner was Denny Hamlin Yep. Uh, for Joe Gibbs. Our guest picker, Joe, had the highest finisher between the three of us as his pick of Kyle Busch came in third. Mike, your pick of Martin Truex Jr. came in fourth. And my pick of Ryan Blaney came in fifth. Yeah. Uh, on the non-playoff side, um, yours and Joe's pick of Kurt Busch came in eighth. And my pick of Austin Dillon came in 13th. Yep. So overall, I thought we did a great job picking drivers. We really did. I gained two points on you this week, Rich, uh, bringing me bringing it in the playoffs to five to four in favor of you. Everything could change this week. Uh, and could. overall, we are 20 and 19 in the overall season. One point separates us overall. Um, Man, this is going to be – this is – I do appreciate it's that it's not really a runaway as it has yeah. been in the past. Um, All right. So, so uh, in the NASCAR playoff standings, before we give you our picks for the Yellowwood 500 in Talladega, um, our postseason pick drivers, Martin Truex Jr. is fourth in the standings and is well above the cut line going into Talladega. Mike, your pick of Kevin Harvick is tenth in the standings. So, pending the results of Talladega and the Charlotte Roval, he is below the cut line yeah. to get to the next round. Um, that's a scary thought, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. All um, right, Mike. So, they're going to be going fast. Yellowwood 500 out in Talladega. Rich, you won. I'm going to do your pick. Well, first I'm going to say, Rich. Rich, as we do every time we're at Talladega or Daytona, who's going to win this race? The track. Yep. Why? Because every year, every time they play, they race here, uh, there is big wrecks and causing issues and 
look for that to jumble up your playoffs, uh, which it could. I am picking Kevin Harvick as my race winner this week. Uh, if he pulls that off, guaranteed into the next spot in the, in the playoffs. Uh, Rich, who you taking for your playoff driver? I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney again. I think Team Penske, Team Penske usually does well at this track. And That's so two weeks I think in a row we picked Ryan Blaney. I know. I'm going to go with him. Okay. Ryan Blaney. Um, and Non-playoff driver, Mike. Non-playoff driver. In honor of an article I read this morning, um, Chase Bisco, uh, Briscoe, who is racing mm-hmm. um, with a heavy heart this week, he lost the, the guy that when he got into the ARCA series kind of became his mentor in the racing world. Um, and so uh, he's racing with a, he's racing to, to win for somebody. And when you pin okay. that on, on somebody, a lot of times you do something with it. We're going to go with Chase Biscuit, Briscoe this week. All right. I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. He's been racing really well since he's been eliminated from the playoffs. Yep. And he usually does pretty well at the super speedways too. Yep. Um, now, all that is subject to a massive wreck that takes out three-quarters of the exactly. field. <laughs> and you never know what's going to happen. Uh, Rich, let the folks know uh, when that race is going to happen and where. All right. You can catch that race at 1 o'clock over on NBC. So they're going to go up against the NFL. Wow. That's a, that's a bold move there. Speaking of, Rich, are you ready to head out and head over? I, I sure am, and that was the NASCAR Corner presented, as always, by Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated, uh, where you can catch them. Check out their store in Moline, Illinois, or on eBay. Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated. So let's head over to the gridiron. Um, we made all those left turns. Now we go to our weekly pick'em uh, shout-outs. Bro, you and I are doing great this year. Uh, we are tied at the top with 32 uh, wins picked. Midget Nation is right behind us with 29. Uh, D's Picks has nine picks. And Dupo's team. Solomon, you, you got to pick a team. <laughs> you you got you to gotta pick players. Um, yeah, take those per- matchups. Weekly performance. I picked up 12 wins this week. You picked up 10, as well as Midget Nation. So, uh, And so far this uh, week four, we all picked right for Thursday night's game. Speaking of which, Rich, lock of the week last week. Um, or no, I guess we go to Bears first. Yeah, let's yeah, go Bears first. We're going to do the Bears first. They lost 26 to 6. This was You doubted me. You doubted I was a little bit. Rich, yeah, I did. I Rich, did. are you ready to take that uh that over under bet and, and declare that you you've lost? Not yet. Okay. Not yet because during the preseason I did have them losing to the Browns and I switched my pick last week. So okay. technically I still have them on track to hit the over. Okay. If I keep the rest of my picks as I did them in the preseason. But this was just embarrassing, Mike. It was bad. You see that finger I'm holding up? By the way, if you're can't, if you listening on the podcast, I'm holding up one finger. Rich, do you know why? They have one win. No. But nope. also one, one net, total net passing yard. One total net passing yard, folks. How, passing yards? How do you get one net passing yard? Well, that that happens when you pass for 67 yards, but then your nine sacks that Justin Fields took account for 66 negative yards. That's, ugh, I can't. I mean, do you do you blame this on Matt Nagy for the game plan that he that he put together, or? Was, or is the Bear, or is the Browns defense that good that they just dominated a bad offensive line and maybe a an overmatched Justin Fields or is it a combination of the two? Well, um, what I said uh, the Bears were going to do, which is what they should have done at the beginning of the year, um, I, I put this on Matt Nagy right now. 
You okay. knew that you know that Justin Fields has not been ready. You know he's got to learn. He's got to get the speed that that happens. Also, how terrible is our offensive line? It's bad. How long have we known that it's bad? We knew it was bad before we draft traded up 11 spots to get Justin Fields. We knew it was bad. We knew it was bad in 2006 when the Bears went to the Super Bowl, right? The Super Bowl, yeah. We knew it, and it hasn't improved since. The names have changed. The quality hasn't. Why are you going to put a rookie out there, a guy that doesn't understand the speed of the and pace of his game yet? The NFL game is, I mean, yes. Justin Fields played big games. But none of his opponents. So here's the deal, folks. 1% of high school kids play at an elite level in college. Justin Fields was one of those guys, right? Yes. Of that, 0.5% make their way into the NFL. 0.5, half a percent. So that means the likelihood that you faced a team whose defense was half, a quarter, a third. I, I'm sorry, half, three quarters, two thirds, two thirds or three quarters as fast as these guys, it's probably slim to none. Everybody talks about that Nate Saban's Alabama team could play one of these, could play the Browns or could play probably they're going to say the Bears this year or the Jets. Let's be honest, folks. The players that are playing in the NFL, even on the worst teams, are faster than 95, 99.5% of the players in the in, in college. These are this is a boy who jumped in to play against men and hadn't gotten an understanding yet. We needed to let Justin Fields learn the speed of the game. You can learn it on the sidelines. You can learn it coming in once in a while for trick plays, if you will. But you're not gonna you're not gonna learn it when you're sitting on your ass behind the, your linemen who are looking around like, well. I can't guard that guy. He's too big for me. It's embarrassing. I tried. I got beaten. <laughs> it is embarrassing. And anybody who doesn't think it's embarrassing needs to, needs to show me how one net passing yard is acceptable in today's NFL. Yeah. I, I That game was just hard to watch. By all means, I picked the Bears to win. And it was very much a hopeful or optimistic pick. I wasn't expecting it to be happening. I wasn't expecting them to maybe win the game. But I didn't expect it to be so bad. The only, I mean, the only reason why they scored the six points was because of a, because of a, passing, a pass interference, defensive pass interference call, which put them into field goal range. Yep. And that's it. That was the extent of Justin Fields' passing play. That was his longest passing play, and it didn't count for him yeah. because it was a defensive penalty. Your longest passing play is an offensive or is a defensive pass interference, which, by the way, was a, resulted would have resulted in an interception. How about that? Yeah, the pass Being, interference it, on which they they got the longest amount of yards. Res, if the play would have held in the way that it played out would have resulted in a pass inter or in an interception because the defensive player had position extended his arms out, which I don't think really made a difference, but intercepted the ball because he pushed off. And that's your longest passing play. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I hope that if, that if he starts this week, because Nagy has said it's going to be a game time decision on let's, who's going to be the starting quarterback. Let's this put week. Nick Foles in there. I I he actually is. said I think they should have done it last week too. I think I said that on the show even. I think so. Yeah, because I I don't think I don't think he Justin Fields is ready. 
it takes time to for your brain to comprehend you have 2.6 seconds to get the ball out. And that's on a good team. On a bad team, like the Bears, you have two seconds flat, and you have guys on top of you. Show me a college kid that ever had to make a play in two seconds flat like that. Be able to read the entire field and know what's going on. Be able to throw before your receiver gets there. Players in college get open. Show me a guy that's open in the NFL, and I'll show you an offensive pass interference that happened. Well, yeah, I mean, if they are going to start fields against Detroit, I hope that it's a better game plan. I mean, even if even with a bad offensive line, knowing that Justin Fields is still a quarterback that's learning the NFL game, it seemed like that was it seemed like Nagy is trying to fit Justin Fields into his playbook instead of building a playbook around Justin Fields' talent talent set and what he's done in the past and done well in the past. It seemed like he was running out the same playbook that he would have ran out if he had Nick Foles under center or had Andy Dalton under center instead of using the entire week preparing for Cleveland, knowing that Fields was going to be under center to come up with a game plan that was going to fit his talent set. Um, now, are you ready to call for Nagy's job? I don't know how he can survive. I, I hope that they let him go at the end of the year, regardless of how well they do. Because while in previous years, you could always make the point of, well, at least if we're going to be bad, we'll get a good draft pick next year. But that's not the case for the Bears this year, as their draft pick, whether they make the playoffs or they're 500 or they bottom out and they have a top five pick, that's going to be going to the New York Giants. Yeah. So even if you bottom out and and you're horrible, you don't get a high draft pick out of it because it's Justin Fields and the pick is going to go to to the New York football Giants. Yeah. It's going to be hard for Matt Nagy to keep his job. I I think unless they make the playoffs. At this point, which I don't think they're going to do at this point, barring Justin Fields, all of a sudden getting it this week and playing lights out football and like winning the next 10 games straight. I don't see him keeping his job. Um, okay. Uh, do you want to keep reviewing this week or do you want to make a call on who's going to, who the bear, who the, uh, who is, if the Bears are going to win or not, let's um, let's let's recap the rest of Week Three and cover those little kind of like two quick hits that I got there. Yep. Um, before we go into Week Number Four, so um, up lock of the week, Mike, you got yours correct as the Buffalo Bills did win big over the Washington Football Team, forty-three to twenty-one. I got my pick right as the Broncos beat the Jets twenty-six to nothing, and your dad. He darn near got it right. Yeah. 41 to 21 Dallas over Philly, and he made the additional pick that they were going to win by three touchdowns. They won by 20 points. Yeah. I, I, you know, honestly, I think that's, I give it to him. Like, yeah. We're not, we're not Vegas. We're not Vegas. I'll give it to him. They technically won by three touchdowns. He didn't say they'd win by three touchdowns and the extra points. Yep. They won by three touchdowns. It would have taken three touchdowns for Philly to win to to uh, win the game. So yeah, that, I'll give that to him. I I'm totally amazed. All yeah. right, so Mike, that brings our record to locks to three and zero. With picking the Bears, uh, we're both two and one, and obviously the Bears are one and two. Yep. Uh, upsets, Mike, you got your upset right as the Falcons beat the New York football giants 17 to 14. It took a game winning field goal, but a win's a win. <clears throat> yep. Um, my pick of the Rams over the bucks happened as the Rams won 34 to 24. By and... the way, uh, I've said it all year and I'll say it again. I don't think the Rams are ever an upset. I think the Rams should be the favorite team in every game, but according to our rules, you are correct. It was an upset and you did get it. Okay, and the Saints went into New England and won 28-13. Yeah. I was a little bit surprised by that one. I didn't see 
the Saints going into Foxborough and winning that game. I mean, according to his logic, that means this week uh, the Aints, it should be the Aints and not the Saints. Probably. All right, so Thursday. that brings our record to upsets 2-1. and one. And, yeah. Mike, you mentioned earlier that the Jaguars lost to the Bengals 24-21. to 21. And so for Thursday night football, I'm undefeated. Mike, you're at 3-1 and one yep. for Thursday night football. Okay. All right, Mike. So we had two uh, two records set in field goal plays this week, Rich. We did. Which one do you want to talk about first, on the good side of the kicking team or the bad side of the kicking team? Let's go with the good side. On the good side of the kicking team, Justin Tucker has set a record again, folks. Justin Tucker becomes the first player to record a 66-yard field goal in an NFL game. He had said he was short from 65 in pregame warm-ups. Comes in, kicks a field goal at the last second. Hits the upright and gets a favorable bounce to go through. And they win. I guess it's the crossbar, not the upright. Hits the crossbar and goes through the upright. Um, Yeah. That's just amazing. I mean, there was a little bit of controversy about it, though. Much controversy. They missed a they they got away with the delay a game penalty by like one point nine seconds. Um, now I so I looked it up because I wanted to read to be I wanted to be a little bit prepared for today's show. Um, the coach said that he would call and get clarified. So apparently, uh, what's the guy's name in Detroit again? Um, Dan Campbell. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Dan said in interviews that he was going to call the league like every week each coach gets to call the league and ask for clarification on calls and this that and the other so he said he that's one and he said that basically it's a subjective call really yeah uh because what has to happen and then again he if you don't know in the nfl a delay of game call so what has to happen Rich, I'm gonna p- pretend like I'm the I'm the guy in charge of that. My job sure. is to watch the play clock. I don't. I, w- I look at the play clock. Once the ball is snapped, I then start looking at the game. But I'm watching the play clock. Okay. All I do is watch the play clock. Three, two, one. Now, at that point, I have to then. I, I look, it hits zero. I have to wait till it hits zero. Then I have to look at the ball, see if it's being snapped. If it's in the process of being snapped, you're okay. If it's not, you're not okay. Now, theoretically, that should only take a second or, or like half a second, maybe less. But apparently in this case, it took 1.9 seconds for the ball to get snapped. Yeah. Um, but because of the way that the rule is played, uh, they have to let the they, – they have to – I mean, there's no way to reverse it at this point. Mm-mm. But if no, the delay of game gets called, uh, it uh, – if the delay of game gets called um, – that pushes them back five yards, makes it a 71-yard field goal. They're not going to go for a 71-yard field goal. They're going to go for a Hail Mary at best. Now, it's the Detroit Lions. Knowing them and their luck, they probably make the make it. But that's okay. <laughs> Justin Tucker kicks a 66-yard field goal. That man deserves beer or something. I don't know what he wants, but a break yeah. from his, I don't know. So, so did you hear what his what uh what uh Harbaugh had to say about his field goal range with their game being in Denver this year this week? Um no. I don't know what his range is for this week. We're playing we're playing in the Mile High City, so is he gonna go, for... go and set a new record this week. Oh, that'd be <laughs> I hope that happens. That would be so <laughs> awesome. Okay. All right. Rich, On the, other, us end the though... other end of the spectrum, a field goal gone wrong. Yeah, the the one thing that went well for the Jaguars this week, Jamal Agnew 
returned a missed field goal 109 yards, setting a new NFL record, breaking Devin Hester's record. Yeah. Wow. You don't see the missed field goal returns happening very often, Mike. Uh, but if you've, you, I mean, you obviously listen to pundits when you can, right? You listen to ESPN mm-hmm. radio while you drive, yeah. probably, or Dan Patrick or something like that. Um, the the key to that one, though, is, and, and this is where I think it it makes a world of difference. Um, who on the team, who on the, the, the kicking side is designed to be a tackler? Nobody. Right. You have blockers. You have great blockers. You have a, a, a third string quarterback or a punter or the punter. Yeah. That's it. You might have some tight ends out there blocking at the end of the line, but those are also backup tight ends. Yeah. So you generally don't have anybody out there that's the, that that practices tra- tackling drills on a regular basis. Whereas you put your returner in, and he's desi- his goal is to break tackles. I'm not surprised. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. But good job, okay. Jamar Agnew, on making yeah. your 109-yard record-setting. Uh, the Jaguars set a record for the longest touchdown ever in a season that they may not win a single game. That's right. They may not win a single game. All right, Mike, so let's go into week four. Give them our picks. Bum, bum, um, bum, bum. All right, Lions are coming into Chicago to face the Bears. Are the Bears going to win or lose? I think they can win this week. I really do think this week it will be a win. I'm going to give them a win, too, and regardless sure, of who's under center. I'm pretty sure that was part of my predictions, blah, blah, blah. It was it, that you did have this as a win in your preseason. So you are not, neither of us are changing our pick for week four. Rich. All right, Mike. It's it's an odd week. Who do you have for the lock of the week? Um, Even week. Oh, but even I'm going to take an easy one and I'm going to go with the Bills over the Houston Texans. Ooh, I might, I might have found one that might be slightly easier than that one. I picked the Texans over the Jets. Titans. Or Titans over, over the, the Jets. Jets. Uh, okay. Upset of the week, Rich. I, I like them. Um, it's not a confident one, but I'm, I'm going with my gut here because I also have a lot of Panthers on my fantasy football team, so I'm going to go with the Panthers over the Cowboys. Ooh. I'm going to pick the I, – I don't like that pick. I think the Cowboys and, and – we're not, I don't think we're going to get to our power rankings unless we do a real quick drive-by of them. Um, I think we can. Okay. We can go, we um, can get it. But the Cowboys are doing great this year. Not, I don't like that pick. But I do like the Vikings over the Browns. Uh, the Vikings, they have a better team than what they've been playing. Rich, Thursday night football, Rams, Seattle. Who do you like? Rams. Rams. Okay, let's hit our real quick. We're going to do a quick flyby on our power rankings. One through ten uh, power rankings have your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, who do you have at number one, Rich? My number one team, the L.A. Rams. I agree. The L.A. Rams are the hot team right now. Number two, Buffalo Bills, according to the power rankings. Who do you have, Rich? I went with the Bucks. I went with the Bucks as well. Number three, they have the Los Angeles Rams. I went with the Buffalo Bills here. Man, Rich, you and I are lining up like a pair of one-brained men or something. I don't know. I was trying to make a joke out of that. It didn't work. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. The Buffalo Bills. Number four, I have the Arizona Cardinals. I went with the Cardinals as well. And they put them at four. Um, surprisingly enough, the ELO rankings that we talked about last week still has them at nine. Um, hmm. Number five, I have the Green Bay Packers. Man, Mike, there really isn't much topic. There really isn't much debate here this week. Nope. Even if we don't have time for it, I went with the Packers as well. Okay. My number six team, I went with the Vegas Raiders. Rich, are you re- were you reading my my power rankings this week? I don't know, Mike. It's certainly this is looking who I like got that. At number six. Legitimately, folks, um, I don't know how Rich does his, but I print out. Uh, an alphabetical list of the teams, and then I just go from there. And 
put my rankings on them. That's how I do it. I don't know how Rich does it. Um, I, I mean, I, I have other factors. I have the factors that I have in place, but I don't look at Rich's at all. Uh, this is very surprising that we have gone this. Uh, I mean, it's we have... going to keep going, Mike. <laughs> what? Are we at number it's seven? It's going to keep going. Ravens? We're at number seven. Oh. I put the Ravens as well. I guess it's going to keep going because number eight, I have the Chargers. I got the Bolts too. Okay. Cleveland Browns, uh, or I have the Kansas City Chiefs at number nine. I put the Cleveland Browns at number nine. Ooh. Okay. I have the Cleveland Browns at 10. Um, That's where I went with the Chiefs. Okay. Well, that's not far off. Number 11, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I gave this spot to the Dallas Cowboys, and I put the 49ers at 12, so we basically flipped those two teams. Yeah, and that's, I think, I, I guess we're going to go, the next pick for you is uh, my biggest split, I believe, of the week. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe. No, I guess the Vikings, uh, eh, whatever. Either way, yeah. f- five. I put the undefeated Panthers here at 13. No, I couldn't put the Panthers there. They go to 18. Where the New Orleans Saints go to thirteen. Let's go to our bottom five. Rich, oh man, our bottom five. Probably we have the same teams in it. No, we don't. In fact, we don't. We don't. So, at thirty-two, I have the Jets. Same. Thirty-one, I have the Giants. I put the Jaguars here. Okay, uh, I put the Jaguars at thirtieth. I put the Giants at thirty. The D, uh, the 29th is the Houston Texans. I didn't put the Texans that low. I went with the Detroit Lions at my 20 in the 29th hole. Okay. Um, and then 28, I have the Detroit Lions. Here's where I ranked the Chicago Bears. And I ranked the Chicago Bears at 26. That rounds up. Okay. Uh, so we're not that far off. Yeah, we're not that far off. We really aren't. I, I, this week, we lined up quite well on most things. Some of the ones in the middle we'll talk about. We, we don't have much. We don't have enough time to talk about. But, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Rich. Uh, I think we're going to have to skip most of it. Uh, we'll talk. The, I think we can talk the other three comments next week. Yeah, yeah, we can do the last one. That one's going to lose its luster because a week ago was the uh, Quad City Marathon. Rich, you yep. live in the Quad Cities. What happened? Well, I guess the first two finishers, which were Kenyans, they got led down the wrong. <laughs> they took a wrong turn um, on the marathon by following the the spotter, the bicyclist that was their guide for the front runners and they took a wrong turn and the guy that was in third place finished first and got the got the prize money and the title of winner of the quad city marathon wow that's a uh slightly disturbing thing to have happen if you're one of those two guys um yeah i mean the the third place finisher said i mean you could there was a clear sign that said this way was there there was a little huh was there a language issue? I don't know. Okay. I, I'm not I, sure. I don't know. I, I kind of skimmed the article. I mean, they followed the bicyclists. There was a little bit of, uh, I mean, the president of the race said that they were they would review the tapes. And if it was found that the error was on the spotters, that they would he would still find a way to give them the prize money. Okay. That they lost out on for going off course and not finishing as high since they had to recover and rejoin the course. Okay. Rich. But, um, you said, but sorry. Yeah. But I mean the, in theory, in, in all fairness, I mean the race, the guy that was in third place was a little bit further behind so he could see what was going on. But at the same time, he said, I'm not going to shout out and correct them that, Hey, you're going the wrong way. Don't take that turn. Yeah, I mean, you gotta win. You're in the event. Yeah. Why would you want to jeopardize not winning? Yep, I totally agree. Rich, do you have any shout-outs before we head off to next week's show? Um, I do. Um, it's my wife's birthday on next Thursday, so she. I'm gonna do a double shout-out. Once, one before the birthday, one after the birthday. Wives get so, double uh, shout-outs. I think that's a fair. Huh? Wives yeah. get double shout-outs. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, so happy birthday, Amy. Looking forward to um, 
getting to hang out with you and the family next weekend. Uh, we're going to try and go see the new James Bond movie. Ooh. Um, yeah. I saw the last James Bond movie. I hadn't seen it yet. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, so I think all this week we're going to be watching the other Daniel Craig movies yeah. to prepare us for the newest one. Well, enjoy that. Have fun. Once again, folks, go down to LeClaire Park. Check out the quad, the JCs of the Quad Cities, Barbecue C. And get yourself some barbecue. Uh, hit up Chipper Jones or Chipper Dog Barbecue while you're down there. He's a Quad City native. Quad City native making some amazing barbecue sauces. Check them out. Try some for yourself. Rich. Uh, hope you guys get a chance to get down there. If not, you know, there's always good stuff going on in the Quad Cities. There's also live music down there. So all sorts of stuff you can do. Uh, get down there. And uh, we do, again, we found out we couldn't hear you at the early part of the show. Thanks to comment shoutouts from Sue Hart saying we can't hear Rich at all. And then we can hear Rich now. Thank you, Sue Hart. Mama, thanks for looking out for us. You always got our backs even when we think we don't need it. God bless you folks. See you next week. Rich, let's roll the outro. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa. This is Balls and Sticks, the podcast with your hosts, Mike and Rich.